Testing, testing, one, two. Testing, testing, one, two. There we go. <clears throat> for joining us this morning can we a uh, couple of guys in the back would y'all pull the doors too just a little bit you don't have to shut them all the way but uh, just enough to where we're not disturbing the good folks across the hallway from us although maybe they maybe they should should want to listen in maybe that would be fun <laughs> anyway guys thank y'all for joining us uh, this morning I really appreciate it um, <clears throat> we are um, we are about halfway through right? we're about halfway through this stretch of this class I've been having a lot of fun uh, in this class, and I appreciate y'all joining us too. So let's start off with our usual uh, kind of activity where uh, just because we're being able to say each other's names and learn each other's names, and now that uh, many of us are, uh, are not wearing masks, it will be that much easier for me and the rest of us to learn who people are. Henry, I didn't know you had this great beard, man. And uh, I, I said, uh, like one of the first times I ever saw Ron um, on Zoom, didn't know you had this killer mustache. So yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's a secret. <laughs> the secret's out. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll start off. Say your name and answer this silly question. Last week we had a, a lot of fun about pineapple on pizza. That was a that was a great question. Saw a lot of people get unreasonably angry about it. Okay. <laughs> no, but today's question is uh, I think. Every bit is controversial, okay? And Whitney, you're going to start us off. So this is what we do. Welcome to class for the very first time. We, uh, we show no compassion whatsoever. We'll throw you straight to the wolves. Say your name, please, and answer this question. Are boneless chicken wings real wings? That's the question. And let us know. <laughs> okay. So I'm Whitney McGinnis, and no, they're not, but they're delicious. Okay. All right. I'm Abby. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm Andrea, and I like boneless chicken, so yeah. I, I okay. All right. We're already, we're already starting to feel the tension. I don't know if y'all can feel it up here. Okay. Uh, we'll come on down the road. Name and boneless chicken wings, are they real or not? Danielle, and no, they're chicken wings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have come to the right class. <laughs> yeah, the Alvarez has come to the right class. Lisa? My name is Lisa, and I really don't eat wings often, so for me it doesn't matter. Okay. Equal, <laughs> e equal opportunity. Yeah. All right. Sean? They're nuggets. Tasty nuggets, but they're nuggets. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tom, the question is, our bone, we'll get to you in a sec, but our boneless chicken wings real wings so we'll get we're all in suspense for your answer 
but we'll uh, come down here to Eric. Yeah, Eric and they're just glorified chicken nuggets. Glorified chicken nuggets. Okay. All right, Josh. Yeah, Every, and then I really I know I know the boneless chicken wings appreciate everybody saying, "Oh, but they're still good. I like them." <laughs> Wouldn't want them to feel left out. Over here, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Say, yeah, yeah. Uh, that might be next week's question. What do you put on your glorified chicken nuggets, <laughs> blue cheese or ranch? Yeah. Okay. But I do like them. Yeah, very good. Maddie? Uh, yeah, Maddie. Uh, they're not wings. Okay, all right. Sorry. Not wings. I'm Andy. They're not wings. Okay. The family that disses boneless wings together stays together. <laughs> yeah. Tom, what do you think? <laughs> See, Tom, Tom using facts and logic on us. I like that. <laughs> Melanie? Melanie and I have to agree with Tom. Okay, not wings. David and yeah, the score by Man, I, okay, so I really thought this was going to be more controversial. It's too bad. Blue cheese and ranch. Yeah, if we have time after class. Adrian? Okay. I appreciate the delicacy with which you presented that. I'm not going to step on anybody's toes. That's good. I'm married and that's a hard no. Okay, hard no. <laughs> okay. Delicacy out the window. Pat, no, no thanks. Okay. I'm Diana and without bones in them, they are not wings. Fair enough. Yeah. In the back? Not wings. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, a new challenge has emerged. Okay, and remind us of your name again? Preston. Preston, that's right, thank you. Okay, over here. Not Greg, sorry, uh, not wings. Not wings, wow, okay. I, I, I was, they are not wings, but they are a lot easier to eat than Ah, okay. Yeah, then maybe that should have been the question. What's your preference? <laughs> okay, Linda? Okay, yeah. Hey, just just own it, embrace it, jump in there. Yeah. Ron? Yeah, Ron, uh, absolutely not wings. And I like the bone ones because they slow me down. Slow you down. You can appreciate it. You can appreciate it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is no time for, yeah, this is no time for speed eating, right? This is not a hot dog eating competition. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just a simple straight nerp. <laughs> okay. All right. And in the back. Not wings. Okay. Not wings. Dorisa, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I noticed your sign says wing stop. Um, I think it should say nugget stop. <laughs> oh, 
chicken stock, yeah. Um, just, quick, just to ask, who said that they did count as wings? It was like maybe two, a, a few of us? Okay. Way to, way to be you. Be brave, be bold, that's good. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a couple of things that I want to do today, and I am aware of our time, so we'll, we'll jump right into it. I want to wrap up the discussion of the five love languages. We've talked about four. We've got one more to cover today. And then, if you notice when you came in, you all had a nice King's Crossing Church of Christ pen on your seat. I hope you have all studied for the quiz. <laughs> There's just enough silence in the room for somebody to think, is he serious? Is there a quiz? Well, now there is a quiz, but it is not one that you can really study for. What we're going to do is, if you'd like, okay, you don't have to, right? You can just sit, sit quietly and politely. But if you want to, I have uh, basically recreated what the book offers, the Discovering Your Love Language Quiz. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you this now, then I'll remind us later. Here's the deal with this. The book that we've been working from, Five Love Languages, is designed for married couples. Not everyone in here is married, okay? So, I have tried my hardest to adjust these questions to be more broadly applicable. So, when you see something like, whenever this says, my loved one, the original quiz says something like spouse. Like, I knew that wasn't applicable to everybody, so I tried to adjust that. There are some questions that I actually had to just make a note that say, for couples, um, like this one, uh, number 26. Um, it's more meaningful to me, to me when we are physically intimate. Okay, I specified that that was for couples, all right? Just so, just so nobody thought, what is Kevin passing out to the singles here? That, that's not where we're headed, okay? It's not where we're going with that. But anyway... Um, there are a couple of questions on there like that. We'll get to all that in just a second, but let's do a little bit of recap. What love languages, let's see if you can remember for the last few weeks, uh, what love languages have we discussed so far? Let's see if we can come up with the four that we've talked about. Acts of service. Acts of service, yeah. How did we end up defining acts of service? Doing something that you know the other person would appreciate it. And the root of that is love, right? It's not like, hey, I'm going to do this so that way you'll owe me this favor. That is called manipulation. Very different from love. Yeah, very good. All right, so acts of service. What else did we have we covered so far? Gifts. Receiving gifts. Yeah, what, uh, what is it about a gift? What, uh, how does that work as one of these love languages? Exactly. It's, uh, it shows you're thinking about them, shows that you, uh, you're, you're remembering them. They're kind of symbols, right? Sort of tangible reminders of love. They can be big. They can be small, right? I can't tell you how many weeds my four-year-old has given me on our walks, especially back in the back of our neighborhood. They grow up really tall, and they kind of look like, uh, they almost kind of look like sunflowers. You know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah, they're pretty tall. And Pete just wants to get in there and grab a handful of these. He's like, buddy, do you see these gnarly spikes? <laughs> like, chill out, man. But he always wants to give us something small like that. It 
gift can be something small. It can be something really big like stock in Bitcoin. Or sorry. <laughs> anyway, it can, be, it can be something along those lines. All right, so we've had acts of service and receiving gifts. What are the other two that we've covered so far? Quality time and words of affirmation. All right, let's start with quality time first. What, how did we end up defining quality time? Had something to do with attention. Undivided attention, right? And we talked about this before. Um, cell phone free. Yeah, that's uh, when you're talking about quality time, right? Can you give somebody your undivided attention if you are scrolling through your phone or flipping through TV channels? I think we all agreed, no, you can't do it. Most of us felt like that with the boneless wings. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. All right, so quality time, and then what was the last one we mentioned? Somebody said it just a second ago. Words of affirmation. All right, um, words of affirmation. That's almost self-explanatory, but for the sake of thoroughness, how did we define words of affirmation? And please don't say affirming words. I will kick you out of this class so fast. <laughs> no. How did we define words of affirmation? What, what is the purpose of those words? To build esteem. Thank you for not saying affirming. <laughs> to build esteem in somebody, right? Meaningful words that express your love for someone. Okay, if you're at all familiar with the five love languages, what is the one that we have left to cover today? Physical touch. Physical touch. Physical touch. All right. Let me ask this question off the bat. Let's, all right, so we're thinking about appropriate touches, okay? All right. Our culture is very sensitive to that kind of thing, rightly so, about how we touch people. So we're thinking about appropriate touches. Why is appropriate touch so beneficial to people? Why do you think that that counts as one of these love languages? What do you think? Shows acceptance, yeah. You're not probably going to you know, warmly touch someone, like on the shoulder or on the top of the back, that you really dislike, yeah, unless you're ushering them out of your office <laughs> or something like that, yeah. Even then, yeah. Shows acceptance. What else? What is it, uh, why is appropriate touch so beneficial? Let me think. Okay. And there are endorphins released. I mean, they've done studies on mm -hmm. this. That there was, they even stopped the study. It was horrific uh, with babies. Yeah. There was that study where they realized the babies that were getting human touch and human contact uh, were thriving, and the ones that weren't were getting, they had to stop it. It was that bad yeah. that they had to stop the experiment. Yeah. There's physiological benefit. There's actual biological, physiological benefit to that. I know we have, uh, we have moms in the room, skin-to-skin -skin contact, right, with a newborn. Dads in the room experience that as well. Absolutely essential. Those babies, when they are brand new, they are stressed out. They have been through as much trauma in their lifetime as they've ever experienced, okay? And they need that touch. It warms them up, right? It, uh, it gets all these, uh, you said endorphins, I'll use the non-technical language, it gets all these juices going <laughs> where they are ready. Yeah, they, they're feeling loved and accepted. But also physical transfer of energy. 
there's that part of it too. There's actually, you know, it's neurologically stimulating. That's what we're looking for. It, it, yeah. It's, it's part of brain development, actually. Yeah. I'm a doctor, but not that kind of doctor, so I appreciate y'all jumping in. <laughs> appreciate y'all jumping in with that. It's, uh, it's accepting. It's, uh, it's healing in a sense, right? Um, when, you're when your child or a loved one or somebody comes running in and they're crying and they're screaming, Mommy, 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 what is your, moms, what is your reaction? Hug them, to hold them. Not to say, uh, gross, you've got mud on you. <laughs> That's not it. Maybe they do, right? Okay, maybe they do. Yeah, yeah. And so we've been talking about this a little bit, um, <clears throat> how, how this applies to children. It is essential Right, especially for children. So even like if you are not a parent, but you happen to be around children, or at some day you hope maybe to be a parent, it is essential, right, for showing them love. And if you are modeling appropriate ways of touching for your children, what do you think they will be learning? Well, appropriate ways to, to touch other and, and to be touched, right. Yeah, we talked to Pete and Samuel. Pete is Pete's a little bit able, um, more able to kind of understand this, but like we we tell him like when when we have to touch him or when we have to like you know when he tells us that you know, some body part itches or something like that, we'll tell him it's like okay, buddy, you know I'm going to help you with this. Nobody else is allowed to touch you here. Okay, nobody else is allowed to touch you. You're not allowed to show anybody, and don't let anybody show you. Okay, all right. So like. It's, it stinks, it absolutely stinks that we have to be there, but here we are. And I would rather him go in knowing, you know, there are some boundaries. But by appropriately touching Pete and Samuel, they can kind of learn what that's like and hopefully model that and hopefully protect themselves as much as they can, yeah. Let's ask this question. When did you experience, when's the time that you can share when you experienced you know, kind of a soothing or healing touch during a crisis. I think when we were during a crisis time, when was there some time when someone came up and put an arm around you or hugged you or put a hand on your back and you just suddenly you felt the kind of the stress and the anxiety wash away for just a little bit? Anybody got a time there they can share like that? Yes, yeah, Sean. Hmm. And it, I did the dumb guy thing. I went for about three weeks before I figured out what was going on with the doctor. So I cratered yeah. my immune system. Mm -hmm. I, I remember, and I, my body was having no problem maintaining the proper temperature. It was either a fever yeah. or I was going into hyperthermia or hypothermia. It was just up and down like a yeah. And so I was flat out miserable. Couldn't sleep because then if I got too hot, I was throwing the covers off. Yeah. And then I was so. The night shift nurse, and she was, and I know she was from South America. She was on these transfers. She came up to me, and she goes, "Mr. Hall, would you mind if I pray over you?" I said, "No." And then she did. She put her left hand on my chest and her right hand, like she's about to swear in. <laughs> and and I remember 
one the, the touch and then she didn't do this mealy mouth no no this was an industrial strength prayer where <laughs> she was wrestling she was telling God that he needed to, to heal his servant Sean Fascinating. I mean yeah. this was no yeah I, I, my jaw was hitting the floor even I'm like Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely in combat with the Lord to take care of me. Yeah. Similar similar situation. Years and years ago, there was a very beloved elder at uh, at the church where I grew up. He was fifty five. Okay, so like really not old, and was having some major health issues and. Um, Elders and the staff from the church had gathered around him in his house. I mean, he was there literally on his deathbed there at the house. And I remember my youth minister, who's um, <clears throat> just, he's been in youth ministry, I think coming up on 40 years now at that church. Like, it's, it's been an extraordinarily long time. And I, I remember him. There we go. I remember him saying that he was there just outside the bedroom, seeing everything happening, seeing this, this pillar of faith just reduced to, to basically nothing. And he was starting to get overwhelmed. He was, you know, it, basically, he was about to have a panic attack there. And one of the elders just came up to him and put their arm around him. And he said that he could... He could literally feel himself come back to himself. And the, you know, the sadness didn't wash away because he was still in the midst of all that. But the, the anxiety, his breathing regulated, just everything came back to him in that moment. It's like, man, yeah, that's, uh, that's a time when appropriate touch was... Um, that's pretty helpful. It communicated to him, and this is, this is the thing that I really want us to get here when we're talking about touch. A touch like that, right? Something that's in that kind of situation, especially in a crisis situation. What kind of stuff does that communicate? What do you think that that touch communicated to my youth minister? He's not alone. He's not alone. There are people there with him. Companionship. Yeah. What else? What do you think that communicated to him? Compassion. Yeah. Cares about him. Obviously love, right? Support. Yeah. All those things. Okay. Pre-COVID. Does anybody remember what that was like? Pre-COVID. What, uh, what were some examples of sort of in, in our culture, some culturally appropriate ways of touching a hug, yeah, especially amongst friends or yeah, or, or coworkers who like each other, yeah, Holding sure. Hands. Holding hands, sure, yeah, Shaking yeah. Hands. Shaking hands, which is just like a stylized form of holding hands, right? What does a handshake represent in our culture? We think Greeting. greeting, sure. Affirming, yeah, all good things. To some degree, right, that we've come to an agreement and and we're equal partners in this, yeah, a lot of times, sure. What's that? Striking a deal. Striking a deal, yeah. And again, like you've suddenly kind of joined in an agreement with somebody. All right. There's other things that I do kind of want to get to 
but I am aware of our time and I want to give us time to do this. So I'm going to jump through some of these things. All right, so this question is going to apply to married couples, okay? I'm, I'm sorry to leave our non-married folks out, but I, it is appropriate for us to, to talk about this. For married couples, does every touch need to be sexual? Thank you. I'm glad there was not as much controversy as the boneless wings <laughs> with, with that. Okay, good. Why not? Ah, I think so. What do we think about that? Is that is that fair? I think that's equally applicable to singles too, though. Sure. For yeah. For everyone to understand that not every touch needs to be sexual. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good way to kind of stretch that out. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Physically, I said again talking about to married couples here. Physically expressing love to your spouse has to be more complex, it has to be more nuanced, it has to be more careful than just, hey, I'm interested. Hey, it's gotta be more than that. It's gotta be more than that. Because like David said, it does begin very quickly to shade into, yikes, man, why? Especially if your spouse's love language is physical touch and you only ever touch them as a way of saying, hey, I'm gonna see you later. Okay. It's also important if it's not physical touch, because then it's like. Yeah, it can. Yeah, it can really start to feel. Yeah, I'm aware we have kids in the room. Uh, like it really can start to feel kind of. Is creepy an appropriate word? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uncomfortable, definitely. Melanie, what were you gonna say? Proximity, yeah. Is critical. Mm -hmm. and, he, and I was like, okay, and we tried that, and now we're shopping for a couch that we're both comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I am ready to get rid of this chair. <laughs> but it was a good point that I never even thought of. Yeah. Just when we're in the same room, the quality time and the physical touch are overlapping, and they're separate because mm -hmm. we're watching TV. So we're not taking advantage of each other. Yeah. Can you can we take these and, and pass them around? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Sitting close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said, right? I think one of the problems that our culture has is, it, take, take the notion, uh, Abby, thank you for passing those out. I was hoping we could just pass them around, but this might be a little bit faster. Um, one of the problems that our culture has is it tends always, almost always to an extreme to sexualize the idea of friendship or companionship. 
okay? Two guys or two girls can't be really good friends without culture a lot of times saying, well, hey, maybe there's something there. And it's, and it's frustrating because there's, there's this pull in culture to constantly sexualize companionship. And one thing that has been really helpful to learn in marriage um, you know, for a lot of folks is when you do things that express companionship, like sitting next to each other, holding hands, uh, you know, even just kind of walking and you know, being close to each other when you bump up next to each other, those can really go a long way in expressing love, and they don't, as we all agreed, they don't necessarily have to drive you towards you know, physical intimacy. At some point it might, okay? But, um, so, that's physical touch. What I wanna do now is kinda transition. That clock is, uh, is fast. I've got 12.22 over here. Let's take, take five minutes, okay? We've got five minutes. The top question or the top statement on this quiz is this it is more meaningful to me when and i tried to um the top line of each of these is supposed to be grayed out just a little bit it's it's vague but it's there circle one of the two answers for each item whether a or you know whatever letter it is over there and then as you go through there on the back, there's just 30 questions with two options each. After you go through in each of these questions, count up how many A's, B's, C's, D's, and E's you received. And then whichever one or two are the highest, that might give you an indication of which is your primary love language. Now again, I had, to, uh, I had to adjust some of these for, uh, to make them a little bit more broadly applicable. Um, <clears throat> like number 16 mentions uh, couples kissing. Uh, number 19 mentions non-sexual touch in public. So like I tried to give little disclaimers there. But yeah, we'll take five minutes and uh, I'm gonna put a five minute timer on my watch because I have kids and I'm just in the habit of doing that. <laughs> So um, we'll walk through there. If anybody's got any questions or anything, holler at me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to take this too. Give us a little bit of music also, but it's going to be church music.
shall join him in that land where tears nor sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, gold and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there, for the sun shines ever bright. I'll need no heavy garments, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, We've got about two minutes left. Sorry if you didn't have time to finish. I wanted to give us time to kind of go through these. But as you were tallying these up, did anybody have any surprises? Did you kind of go through there and tally up the ones? Did you think, oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely A or B, but did you end up finding something out about yourself? Is anybody willing to share what their main one is? You got a tie? Two with the same high score. Okay, so Lisa's presented kind of an interesting, uh, interesting deal here. It is possible to have two that you score really highly on, and chances are you've got what, uh, what Gary Chapman, the author of our book, would call like a primary and secondary language. And if they're both really high, then that might be you know, it, kind of in those ways that yeah, that might be the ways that you receive receive love and understand that someone is showing love to you by those things. Were they what you expected? Okay. All right. Cool. Anybody else? Eric? Yeah. Yeah. I got a zero on one. I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to need you to re review the class notes. And <laughs> um, you've got a zero on one. Does that surprise you? Uh, in, in hindsight, yes. Yeah. 
Okay? So whenever that thing, whenever somebody does whatever that one was for you, have you ever thought, oh, that's nice, but you're not like, wow, yeah, they really love me. Okay. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Anybody else? Anybody willing to share what their, uh, what their main one is? Acts of service. Acts of service. Okay. So when Linda does something nice that she knows you will appreciate it, man, Gary Chapman uses this analogy of a love tank, right? Now, don't think in, uh, don't think in Abrams tank, okay? <laughs> it's, a, it's a container, right? And when we do things for our loved one that really kind of works with their main love languages, we fill up that tank. I hate that our time got cut, to, cut away from us. We've got plenty more up here, right? We've got plenty more up here. If you need, if you want to take one of these with you, if you want to, um, if you want to share them with somebody, yeah, Lisa. Okay. Oh, good, good. Okay, so fivelovelanguages.com. Thank you very much. Fivelovelanguages.com. Um, you can find this quiz, and this is basically the quiz for couples, just slightly modified. But you can find quizzes for singles, find quizzes to kind of help you understand your kids. Yeah? Yeah. So. Take this quiz home with you, and again, we've got extras up here. If, uh, if, you're, if your spouse wasn't able to be here today for whatever reason, feel free to snag one of these, take them with you. Guys, I hope that this process has been interesting. I hope you found out something about yourself. Next week, we're going to start with the five languages of apology, and that is going to be a little bit interesting. A lot of folks know this material a little bit better. This other stuff I think will be really fascinating. We'll, uh, we'll see if we can learn some more about ourselves anyway. Guys, appreciate y'all very much. Y'all are dismissed.